The Tuesday Club with Sean, Kyle and Shane. Hello, welcome to the Tuesday Club, another edition. we got our very special co-host back, Shane Williams. Bit groggy last week, but we got him back Oof. in full fettle. Kyle's here all wound up because it's a big announcement tomorrow of the Wales squad. Obviously, we're recording on the day, the Monday before that. And he's also doubly excited because we've got a massive guest, a rugby guest, a legend of the Welsh rugby game coming up, which we reveal shortly. Also... We'll discuss the fallout of the first weekend of the Guinness Pro 14, which returned. Shane and I were working on the Scarlet Munster game. And uh, a small matter of our one and only Shane doing the London Marathon virtually in the Yama Valley. What was that like, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a lot lumpier than London, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably the worst day of the year for conditions as well. The weather was awful, but... Um, Managed to get through it. I think it was great, you know, to, to be able to do something like that in your hometown. You know, when I was running down the main road, Kamam Road, I had everyone beeping their horns and, um, you know, people just waving and giving me a lot of encouragement. And, you know, I needed it. And that was only mile three. So there was a few other miles to go after that. But, uh, no, it was great. Like, I managed to get through, raise, raise a bit of money for charity, complete the 26.2 miles. But my legs today just don't feel like they're mine. So uh, I'm doing yeah. my stash. And you, you generally weren't that well last week. You had a, you had a, a three or four day on the sofa job, didn't you? And so to then do a marathon yeah. on a Sunday, you must have felt awful. Yeah, I I was gutted really. I went for a bike ride on Sunday, didn't feel particularly well. On the Monday, I just felt rough and just basically stayed in bed, um, which you know, which is never good, especially in this day and age. You know, it wasn't it wasn't COVID nineteen for you all get worried, but. Um, it was just a, a, you know, a case of the man flu and the chest infection, and I just felt rubbish, absolutely rubbish. And obviously missed the Tuesday Club podcast last week, and I thought, oh come on, you know, this is probably the only thing I'll be able to do charity-wise all year out in the open, and I really didn't want to miss it. So I, I didn't train all week. I tried to stay as fresh as I could, get on, you know, took uh, as much fluid as I could down, and and kind of looked after myself and. Um, by the Friday, I, I was feeling a lot better. Saturday was okay. And then Sunday, I thought, well, you might as well go out and do this now and see how it goes. So it didn't help matters. It was hard enough anyway, I can tell you. But, uh, you know, I managed to get through it. Well done, mate. Well done. Amazing. And then it was a small matter then of being back on telly, me and you on Saturday, Scarlet Munster, accused of bias commentating. <laughs> <laughs> who accused, you, who accused you of that? Oh, you oh, social media, mate. You know, we are, you, you know, Shane will tell you, we just call it as we see it, you know. Yeah, and at the yeah. end of the day, Munster were giving away a shed load of penalties. Can I just say, Lee that... and he was, go on, go on, sorry. Lee Harpen, he was kicking them over for fun. And, uh, you know, Munster looked in trouble at 24 10. And, you know, they came back brilliantly. And we give them a lot of credit at the end. But up until then, they were, you know, really struggling. Omani gets sent off because he got out of bed the wrong side. And, um, <laughs> But then he yeah, gives a biased commentary. Like, you know, uh, anyway, yeah. No, yeah, I enjoyed it anyway. Do you know the highlight of that game for me was <clears throat> the um, the Omani sending off the commentary by you two? It's obviously the, the last couple of games you commented. Shane, you come out with some pearlers. 
Now this one, Sean, I think you said something like, oh, it was almost going to be a, a triple whammy there, but it's not now. And then the penalty was given. He got sent off and Shane went, well, it's still a whammy. <laughs> <laughs> I was absolutely I think, tickled to, <laughs> sitting on my sofa. I think it would have been a trip. Yeah, it would have been a treble whammy, wouldn't it? If if the try wasn't given, I think we were we were alluding to. But uh, yeah, you know, you get those days, and you as a player where everything just gets on your nerves. And you could see Peter Marnie, so he wasn't having a good day, was he? He given a penalty away minutes earlier. He had that first yellow card where again, just you know, he came out the ruck and had another go at it with his shoulder, and then the the, the one when and obviously. Munster have scored is just ridiculous. You know, you you get that taught out of you when you're 15, 16 years of age. So he just had a bad day at the office. Worse still for him, well, actually, he was lucky, wasn't he, that they won it in the end. But worse still was the Lions coach was in the stands watching as well. So he did himself no favours, I can tell you. For you, Sean, after the the game now, there's a lot of people, and obviously, after any played pretty well with the boot um, a lot of people say you know as he cemented his place as first choice fullback for Wales as a, you know a coach yourself Liam Williams I know he hasn't been playing and that but do you think that's right is, is that true man as a coach you look at form you know um, there's no doubt in Lee half any quality uh, he's shown that over the years and Shane mentioned it a lot on the weekend and um we all know that what Liam can do, but Liam hasn't played. You know, he, he's, he hasn't played, so he's got no form. You know, you look at the the form of Lee Halfpenny, and it's not just kicking a goal. His game is back to where it was when he first came into the Welsh team, mm-hmm. and that's you know that's a good sign. He keeps himself supremely fit. He's experienced. The goal kicking for me is a massive bonus, and uh, you have to say he's the form fullback. So yeah, you know, I, I think it is fair to say that, and uh, you could say the opposite chain for somebody like George North who you know there's a lot of good wingers around now Josh Adams is the form winger but there's a lot of other guys coming in and you couldn't say the same about George could you Shane? No no and and going back to Lee Halfpenny he had 27 points in the weekend you know 27 points that's a massive gun to have in your armory isn't it when when let's be honest Scouts didn't even play that well they didn't look like scoring in a try and if it wasn't for Lee Halfpenny who knows so you know he almost cements himself in for that reason and that reason only. He's already got a better attacking game. He attacks the line more with ball in hand rather than just put it in the air. And he looks like he's enjoying himself, which is a good sign, um, you know, with internationals coming up. As for George, you know, George is probably looking at someone like Josh Adams now and getting increasingly frustrated that he's not on the field doing what Josh is doing week in, week out. Because, let's, let's be honest, before Josh... George North was the kiddie, you know, and all of a sudden now he's got these players that are um, outshining him, and let's put it that way. Also, now he's got players coming through the ranks that are hitting form at the right time. Stefan Evans, Ashton Hewitt, you know, players like that as well that I can assure you Wayne Pivak could be looking at very closely. So, you know, what the sign of a good player is now is how George North reacts. You know, he's had this four-week ban. He's frustrated. Does he come back and, and, and be even more frustrated? Does he hold back and think, right, when I get my chance, I'm going to just play well? We know he can do it. You know, he'll be in the squad w- without doubt because he can play in the centre as well. But I think there are players in, in finer form than, than George North at the moment on the wing. Yeah, I didn't even mention Lu- Lewis. Our Lewis mate, Louis, yeah, Lewis. Our, Sammons, our mate, but, yeah. Yeah, my new mate. Um, <laughs> who also uh, can play full-back as well and has been playing full-back. So, you know, what a, what a 
what a prospect of players we got coming through. Yeah, lots to talk about there with a very special guest coming up later. But uh, we've got this squad announcement. Obviously, the podcast will go out um, before it's announced. But then, you know, I think it's 11 o'clock Tuesday, the WIU announced it. Wayne Pivak then goes on onto Zoom. Interestingly enough, Eddie Jones, uh, today we recording, announced his squad with 12 new caps in there, 12 new faces in there. Do you think, boys, that um, that'll be the tone for the home nations for these autumn games because it's an opportunity really is it, to, to look at some combinations and new players for, for the next six nations, Shane? Yeah, I think, I think it's a perfect, perfect chance, isn't it? I think that's, that's what Eddie's done. I think Eddie's in a, probably in a, in a better position than Wayne Pivak because Eddie's been there for a while. He's established. He's almost got his, you know, his free reign, hasn't he, in the English Rugby Union. Um, I think Wayne Pivak would be a bit more careful in his selection. He'll and, and you know, let's be honest, he needs wins. He does need wins. He hasn't had too many of them at the helm. Um, but I'm sure we'll see a lot of uh, changing combinations there. Uh, nine and tens, you know, we've got Reese Webb coming back into form with the Ospreys. You know, is he, he can go back and play with Dan Bigger or whomever it is. Plays like Kieran Hardy that I think may sneak himself in this squad. They'll have an opportunity as well. Um, you know, Shidi, we don't even know the outsiders are going to be yet as well. So that's very no. interesting. Um, so yeah, it's it's a perfect opportunity for Wayne. I think I do think that there will be a lot of youngsters coming through that are good enough to get the opportunity. Again, Lewis Samet has probably deserves it more than anyone else at the moment. That's not to say we chuck him in every time he's available and hope he does does something great. You know, it, it will take time, and he's still a young man, but I'm sure it'll come. You know, Kieran Williams on the weekend for the Ospreys was fantastic. He could slot in the centre there. Oh, we've got so much talent coming through in Wales at the moment, and it makes it, it you know it makes you question why the regions aren't doing better, doesn't it? You know, so um, it, it's exciting. Wayne Pivac's got a lot of work to do, um, a lot of decisions to make, and I'm sure there'll be a couple of decisions in there and choices that people will say, "Oh, I didn't see that one coming." So um, yeah, I think it's really exciting for for us. Kyle is a fan. Um, we'll talk a bit more about the Ospreys later. But a great win for them. Um, Good win for the Blues, in spite of uh, Josh Turnbull red card and uh, an expected Leinster win over the Dragons. Anything else you pick up over the weekend? Uh, well, I didn't watch the Blues game because you was hammering me in the gym. Uh, my legs haven't <laughs> been the same since. We had it on in the background, but I uh, couldn't pay attention. Um, no, I was quite uh, I was quite gutted to see that um, the Gloucester Northampton game was called off because of the infections in the sale team and all that palaver that's going on the premiership haven't really had a good season last year or um well for the last year really have they everything that's going on with saracens and now sale getting infected and playing another team but um no i i just want to go back to the wheel section i think i'm sure we said on uh, what shane's first podcast actually about blood in new players in before the six nations or before the next world cup but they've got another four years now so I think these autumn, this autumn nations cup should be the time where he does start looking. And like you said, when we've had Warren Gatland and Rob Howley and, and Sean Edwards, it seemed to me as a fan they always used they always picked the same players because they were their favourites type of thing, and they never really picked the players that were necessarily in form. Now I hope as a fan Wayne Pivak will do that, and as a coach, like Shane said, I think he's got one of the best. Um, Oh, what's what's the phrase go like um, when you got so many options, but it's good? What's that phrase? I can't think of it. 
Um, I don't know. Anyway, good options. Yeah, good, good, good options. options. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think that's that's a position that uh, that that every coach would love to be in, even though it's difficult. Like Shane was saying, who's he going to choose? We got you know multiple options for this for this position for this position. I think we've got to start bringing these youngsters in, and especially for the games, like I said before, no disrespect to any of the lower tier nations, but those are the games where you want to see them coming in to see if they can step up. Now, with everything that's going on in the world, is it going to be a totally different environment? Yes, because there's going to be no thrill. There'll be a thrill, of course, for putting on that jersey at the start, uh, the first time, but stepping out like Shane said the first time he ever stepped out into that crowd there was nothing like it there was no feeling that he could describe that would sort of be like stepping out into an empty stadium it's going to be a bit difficult are they going to play their best but I think personally as a fan I would like to see some of these you know Lewis Reese Samets and um, Kieran uh, Williams and who's um, Will Will what's his name he was in the squad Will Griff John is that right? Yeah, the prop like, up from Sale. Yeah. yeah, he's with Sale, so he ain't coming down now, is he? No, he's not. He's stuck. <laughs> he's stuck in Sale. He is. Um, but yeah, I just think the Autumn Nations. It should be Wayne Pivak should be you know experimenting. I know all games are rated, and uh, he's had a bit of luck there, hasn't he? Going from the rankings from the first of January, we've had a bit of luck there, boys. Yeah, no? that's a good point, actually. You know, uh, and and you know, for all Shane has played in World Cups, obviously. Um, Wales is the highest try scoring World Cups um, but it's always very very difficult for us when it, it was the same at the Australian in the European Cup because it used to be on ranking points based on how you'd done in previous years where well, we were off to a, a start as a new entity so we never had any ranking points so we had to climb our way to become seeds so that meant in the early part of our Ospreys campaigns, if you like, we were always pitted against Toulouse, you know, or Claremont. Claremont is a, yeah. One year we had the three, what was it? It was um, Claremont, Sale, and Perpignan. So the, uh, you know, first and second in the French, Sale had won the English t- and us. And then another year we had, um, I think it was Claremont and Leicester, both winners of their domestic yeah. leagues. And then Viadana, who the three of us were always going to beat home and away. So it was a three-horse race. Okay. So uh, what I'm trying to say is with Wales, we've always had to be in a pool with South Africa, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, and now, well, and, and now we're, we're in that top pool. We're in the goldfish bowl with the big boys. We're coming out first, boys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So, yeah. um, but we could still face Australia because they dropped down a ranking. <laughs> we probably will face Australia as well. We seem to face them enough, don't we? But yeah, yeah you're right. There was pool stages in World Cups as well. It's, you know, the damage is done in the pool stage. You know, you can, you can all those efforts, if it's big, hard, physical, tough games. But sometimes by the time you get to the quarterfinal, you know, you've got about five, six, seven players missing. Everyone's got niggles and bangs and bruises everywhere. And then you're looking at the next qualifying and thinking, oh, my God, let's just get through this and see what we've got left for the se- for the semi-final, you know. Um, that's why squads win World Cups, you know. Third choice outside halves come up and uh, and take the winning kick to, to win the World Cup, you know, um, Steve Donald style. So, yeah, it's, it, it is important. People probably think, well, you've got to win every game to win the World Cup anyway. Well, you don't, first of all, but... You know, you've you, you've got to you've got to go through a, a hell of a tough process 
just to get in those knockout knockout stages, really. So um, I, I think it'll make a big difference. I really do. Well, one guy who's played with Shane in World Cups, uh, he was going to come on to the club as a special guest. He's got a new book out, 81 Caps of Wales, a British Lion. And, uh, of course, an Osprey great. Now in the coaching ranks, coming up on the Tuesday Club, we've got the one and only Mr James Hook. So here he is, as mentioned, delighted to say the one and only James Hook on the Tuesday Club podcast. Thanks for joining us, Hooky. Oh, thanks for having me, boys. How are you? Yeah, we're all good, okay, mate. We're all good. How's it going there? <laughs> Yeah, good. How are you, mate? Because uh, as we just told our viewers, you're into the coaching ranks now with the Ospreys. And uh, what a start for you boys. Yeah, I, it was a hell of a start, to be fair, wasn't it? I think uh, when we had two wins all season last year, and then, yeah, to get a, to get a win out in Edinburgh, which is, as we all know, it's not easy. And obviously, they did, did so well last year. So, yeah, it was tough conditions out there, but the boys fronted up. And to be fair, I think they, they probably could have been there till till today. And you know, they, they didn't look like losing. They looked they looked solid in defence. You know, in attack, you know, they were sharp. Took their tries well, but the kicking game was really good. And yeah, it was it was, it was a joy to watch. To be fair, yeah, yeah, it's good. I heard, um, yeah. I heard, I heard, I all down to the new kicking coach. That's what I heard as well. I I know I heard that as well. Definitely, <laughs> he's coming in with a hell of a difference, isn't he? Huh? Well, so to be fair, like you know, he's he's flying fair play to him, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as a fan, it was nice. It was nice to see the Ospreys play like that because last year, like you just said, two wins of the whole season. Oh my god, it was just one of those things where you just you wouldn't want to turn it off. So I thank you very much for your presence and for whatever you're doing. Long may it continue, mate. Hey, Kyle. Kyle. You, yeah. you do realize hockey was playing last year as well, mind you not? Know, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not much, or not much. He was too, he was too busy writing a book, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> He's waiting for say, yeah. Thank God we got a tidy 10 now this year as well. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, uh, do you know, uh, last year people were saying, uh, I was asking, uh, well, you know, why didn't we get hockey on? You know, why isn't hockey playing like ah uh, you know he's in his sort of mid late 30s and they're going to stay saying Stephen Myler who's 36. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you rock up Bucky like Jinx with your bag of balls uh, to do your sessions with uh, loads of Mars bars and crunchies and chocolates in your pocket? Well pretty much spot on I Sean it's like I had a big bag of balls to start of the season I had I had balls from Gloucester from Perpignan he had no grip on and Jinx was down the other day and he said I gotta get you a set of balls a big bag of balls from JR who's a kick man in Wales, so I'm still waiting for a tidy bag of balls. But uh, <laughs> hey, you can kick with them, you can kick anything, can you? Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly, drinks all with a chocolate in his pocket. Oh, I know. I think that's the most anyone's ever said bag of balls in, in the history of the sentence bag of balls. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hooky now, one of the reasons we want to you on talk rugby, yes, but more importantly, um, aside from your job that you're doing at the Ospreys now, you've written a book. And uh, tell us a little bit about what it is, why you did it, and uh, who came up with the idea. So it's about, God, it's about three years ago now. I, I initially came up with the idea. It was when I was in Gloucester, my eldest boy, Harrison, as, as you, know, you know, boys, uh, he had a, it was a book fair after school, and he, he wanted a rugby book. Uh, so I thought it'd be, you know, run in the middle, go in there, grab a book, and that'd be that. Like, But there wasn't any rugby books for children in there. There was a lot of football stories, Frank Lampard's books, and the only rugby stuff that was there was sort of the factual World Cup fact books or British Lion books, all that sort of sort of stuff. Um, so I said, 
you know, there wasn't one in there. So we went online, thought I'd grab one on there, and there wasn't one there. So I thought, cheap, but you know, you know, especially coming from Wales, rugby mad country, and the kids love it, and thought there must be something there. So I didn't do anything for about six, eight months. And then when I came back to the Ospreys, it cropped up again. Harrison reminded me of it. So I, I got in touch with, with Mal Pope then, who, who you'll know. Uh, I said, oh, Mal, you know, I've got a few ideas. Could you put me in touch with a children's author? Um, and that's when he put me in touch with Dave Brayley, who I've been co-authoring the book with. And I met him within the space of a couple of days of the phone call and told him my, my ideas. And yeah, we just got we just got right in. And we met up probably two, three times a week for a couple of hours at a time. And um, yeah, put this book together. And at the time, I realised how much, how important sort of it is to try and get kids to read, you know, because, you know, they're not really reading a great deal, particularly boys, they struggle with reading. So, you know, a great way of doing it is, is through sports so, and obviously rugby in this case. Is it true? Um, you put loads of pictures in for Lee Byrne and Mike Phillips to colour in? Yeah, that's why they're the first to get a book, isn't it? <laughs> hey, hey, Carter, um, Carter came up to me just after school and he goes, um, oh, I've been talking to Hooky Boy. I said, you are? Because I've been talking to Hooky today on uh, on Instagram, like. I was like, what are you on about? <laughs> yeah, I just thanked him. Um, you know, he messaged my mate to say, well done on getting the book and stuff. So, I, you know, I've been chatting to Hooky. I, <laughs> yeah, 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 I, I had a message. I had a message off him. He said, um, oh, my mate had your book. He loves it, so... Thanks for that. And he said, we spoke my old man later. So, oh, funny enough, I'm speaking to him tonight, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> He's a hell of a boy, isn't he? We went fishing Jesus. last year. Remember, Shane went fishing. And um, Shane put up a photo of, of, of me and him catching a, a trout and he's up in this lovely lake. And Carter messaged me. He said, uh, nice one, Ollie boy. <laughs> 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 ah, yeah, I, I, I think, I, uh, I don't know where he comes from. Like, he, love, he loves, uh, you know, he just loves acting like an old man. I remember bringing up Darling Wynn as well after one of the games done the Liberty and said, uh, ah, good shift today, boy. Fair play to you. <laughs> and I was like, where where's this kid come from? Like, but, yeah. Hello, boy. So the kids are, they are reading your book, uh, James. That's that's the good news. Yeah, you, see, you said you're going to read him a chapter every night. That's what he told me. <laughs> well, he, well he, he can read better than I am, so he can read it up to me. There's, there's not enough pictures I told you in there for me, boy. <laughs> Okay, let's give it a plug. I mean, where can our listeners get it? Where can they order it from? Have you got any book signings coming up? Uh, well, no, we haven't got any book signings. We're open to because uh, obviously COVID has put a stop to it. So uh, it's in it's in all like sort of Waterstones, WH Smith, obviously on Amazon as well. Um, so yeah, you can get it pretty much pretty much everywhere really, all bookstores. So yeah, it's gone it's gone quite well so far. So you know, hopefully everyone who reads it will will enjoy it and. My boys, my eldest, Harrison, he's read it. He said he liked it. He told me by my face he liked it, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, I've got a question, Hooky. Is, is that no. Harrison? Do you know what, right? I've been asked that so many times. And obviously, we had a few, um, we throw in ideas about for the cover and things. But the, the publisher came up with that, with that uh, picture. And yeah. it, it looks a lot like Harrison. But that was just a complete coincidence. Yeah, I don't know about the bond the mind colours, though. Abraham Quinn's. Abraham, man, Shane, come on. Oh, <laughs> Red and black, man. I know, man, I know. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> oh, God. You mentioned Mal Pope there, okay? Um, Mal Pope played, um, and his group played at my wedding night. Did he? <laughs> yeah. Yes, we're going back a long way. Yeah, and Dave Braley, who, who helped uh, write the book with you, uh, worked for a company called Spy to Be, local. Uh, That's right, guy with uh, a company. Yeah, uh, great book. 
big Swans fan, I think, and done a yeah, lot of good he's historical big stuff. Football, yeah, so I was, I was, um, he's big into football and trying to get the rugby side of it across. And you know, like we've jotting ideas down, and he'd come across some football terms. So, like, it was better to sort of try and get on the same page pretty quick, like, because he's, he's football mad. But, uh, fair play, he's, he's learned a lot about rugby, you know, since uh, we've mo- been working together, in fairness. Good, good. Let's go back to the Ospreys, mate, because it's a good win. It's, uh, it's a great start, as you say, uh, you know, sad season last year, but you know, to start with a win, you know, let's not forget the friendly the week before against the Scarlets. Not many people pay much attention to friendlies. I never like pre-season friendlies. However, in the sort of place the Ospreys were, it's probably good to just go down Park Scarlets, get a win, <clears throat> and um, and then back it up in Edinburgh. Yeah. So give us an idea of, um, of the mood in the camp. Toby Booth has come in. Uh, Brock James is there as well, and what what what's that done to the environment? You know, the combination of those boys coming in and the win. You know, can can the Ospreys kick on now? Oh yeah, I, I think so. I hope so. Obviously, we got a lot of experienced boys there for for this week coming now again, and the internationals are going to go away, so then there'll be obviously a bit of a test. But I think, like you said, the Toby Booth coming in, Brock James, obviously Richie Pooh stepping up, and Duncan Jones. You know, as first team coaches, um, it's fr- it's a fresh start, really. And after a season like we had last year, we probably needed that. And we've moved our training ground out to St. Helens as well. And you know, that makes a difference. Just sort of putting all the sort of bad memories behind you, I suppose. And um, obviously, then the most important thing is getting that win out in, Ed- in Edinburgh. So that's giving the boys so much confidence. But yeah, again, I suppose this week now is it's a case of backing it up. And then and then when the internationals are gone. The young boys, you know, that's thing. One thing Toby Booth has done, he, he's sort of put a couple of young boys in there. You saw Matt Prothero, how well he played and took his try as well. So when you know the boys at Gallen win, tip break these boys go to internationals, uh, international duty. Sorry, they they can step up and they've had that experience. So yeah, I think the boys are excited, good feeling down there. So hopefully we'll carry on. It was good to see, you, wasn't it? I think yeah, no, like obviously I I watched the the Osprey game as as well, and I I didn't you know. It, it was quite weird, really, because I was watching the Ospreys thinking, I can't see them losing this game. But then the other side of me was thinking, well, they, they couldn't buy a win last season, so I wouldn't hold on to that thought kind of thing. I mean, but like the defence was, uh, you know, back to its old ways, one aggressive line. I know the conditions are poor, so you could do that. Ali Wynn, again, was immense, you know, tips is everywhere. But players like Provero stepping up to play that. Kieran Williams is some player. I mean, yeah. I'm really enjoying him at the moment as well, and and it just it just seemed like the Ospreys of old, where you know, they, they, and after they won as well, there was no huge celebrations. It was it was almost as if, well, this is what we can do, you know. Like you know like, yeah, you know. So it's you know, yeah, and the, and the game against Scalas is still a win on the road as well. So it's it's probably giving you huge confidence moving on, and it's probably just the difference that you need really to change. I suppose change your fortunes, don't you think? Yeah, I think and Toby Booth coming in, he's he's obviously freshened things up and changed a little, little you know, a few things in attack. But what I've noticed is obviously, you know, I, I can't take too much credit for the win. You know, I'm only you know, helping out with a bit of kicking. But the way he trains, you know, there's a lot of like so Monday, for example, today's session, he's so used to turning up on a Monday, you know, a couple of reps, few walkthroughs, and you know, Tuesday's a big day. But you know, they're pretty much 15 on 15, pretty much every session and the way they train, like so, one of the main differences I I know this is you know you you have a line out, it's an overthrow, you say oh let's go back boys, let's do it again, but you just play in, you play in whatever happens, and that's a game yeah. at the end of the day, isn't it? So you just react into whatever happens in training because on a Friday, Saturday, yeah. whenever you play, and that's that's what happens in the game. So and there's a lot of chaos as well in the session. So 
you know, we just chuck the ball, you know, sort of anywhere, kick the ball behind the behind the back three, and he'll just play and just react to it. And I think you, you saw a bit of that out in Edinburgh. Mm. I think that's one of the keys as well, isn't it? Like, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm not a coach, I'm not an expert in rugby by any means, but I watched uh, the uh, All Blacks documentary and you see some of their training sessions and it's just that, it's just them against each other throwing the ball about and I think that that's what personally I would find with teams now that are just running drills and drills and drills and drills. But like you said, if, they, if they're just playing and it's chaos, that's what happens in, in a game every time. That's why the pe- uh, the teams like the All Blacks are so good, because even though they don't know what's going to happen in that moment, they are sort of, uh, they pre-con- preconceive it. They've sort of seen it before, but in a different way, because they are using those training techniques so much, as opposed to just going, right, line out, oh, we've done it wrong, come back, do it again, sort mm-hmm. of thing. So, but no, I, I, it was yeah. it was great to see him playing playing so well as well. To be honest, now I was I was a, overjoyed. A time and place, uh, time and place for getting your first phase right. And the boys will tell you we we would do a lot of first phases as backs, if you remember, boys, <clears throat> just to get our timing right. And you know we'd mix it up in terms of opposition. If we'd identify that Munster had a thirteen spot out the line, we'd create that in training. But what Toby's doing, a lot of coaches know, is that transition play. <clears throat> when you look at the game now, defences are so organised, hooky, aren't they? Mm-hmm. That most, not most, a lot of tries are scored from kick receipt and turnover ball when the game is that chaotic state that hooky talks about. So you have to practice that then, don't you, to to yeah. adapt to random you know, defensive situations and opportunities. These two are the two of the best I coached at that because if you've got a poor kick chase or a rubbish kick or a turnover ball, they'd come alive. So it's probably right to be training like that now. Yeah, and you look at the Ospreys, so you're talking about kick chase and kick kick receipt. You know, look how kick as we got on the team and more like we Sweb, Myler, our back three, Dan Evans, and kick a ball. Great, great kickers. And then when the game breaks up, you know, you've got players like Dan Evans, George North Prother, who can who can turn defences inside out. So, you know, it's a good combination. About it's called organised chaos, isn't it, Sean? Organised chaos. It is, mate, yeah. <laughs> organised chaos. And as a coach, it's a challenge. It's a challenge because even though it's chaos, you want your players to pick their heads up and see the opportunities and uh, to work back into space. Um, and one player on the weekend who I saw you know, doing that was Reese Webb. Okay? Mm. He seems to have the bit between his teeth. Now he's back. Oh, he's, well, you know what Webb is like. He's, he's so confident. He's got a bit of... But that fills the attitude in him, and he where he just he just believes he's you know he's the best scrum half around, and uh, he, like I say, he's so confident. His kicking game was was brilliant, like we just spoken about. But he just gets the forwards into the game. He's a running threat all the time, and the forwards just love running off him. And he just seems to pick the right option. You saw the the Prothero's first try, just singing that pass out to Kieran Williams. You know, he just he just sees what's going on and, and seems to pick the right option more often than not. So and he's loving it and. He's like that throw training during the week. You know, he's bouncing about. He's he's bubbly. He's loud. He's you know the only one who can hear, uh, you know, off the field. So and that's that's what he wants. He's a great energy to have. What what I what I like about Webby is obviously we've me and you hook. He's seen it from the start, isn't it? When he was coming through, he was a great scrum half. But you know, he had Phil Z in front of him. He had Jason Spice yeah. in front of him. He had Marshy in front of him. Ricky January. And he just, he worked hard. <laughs> Ricky January in front of him. Yeah, exactly, you know. And um, he worked so hard, didn't he? And when he got his chance, initially he'd be a bit, you know, he'd 
he'd pass once and he'd run three times and yeah. he's learned so much over the years and, and like you say he's learned from a lot pretty much some of the best out there he's been and to become one of the best wheels of God at the moment and you know what was watching him at the end of the season he didn't have the best of end of seasons did he? he felt like he was taking the teams on on his own I thought he just needs to take it easy a little bit yeah but on yeah. Uh, on the weekend I thought he was superb he controlled well he got the forwards running really good and the back line moving you know, it was his long pass that set up um, Keir Williams for the the brother of try, and his like I say, his kicking was on point, wasn't it? And it's just a difference, and uh, it's good to see him back to his uh, his good form. Lions uh, place, definitely. Sean. Lions That's place, yeah, yeah, Sean. Your name's Sean, isn't it? Yeah, God, yeah. Uh, I mean, as long as as long as uh, he keeps that sort of form, I, like I said, I think he looks to me when you're coaching, right? I coach for a long time. You look at players' body language. You look at their behaviour. You know how they how they're running out onto the training field. How they they demeanour around. There. You don't realise coaches are looking at you all the time. You know and worrying about you and caring about you. Believe it or not. And um, you know I saw that. I I'm right, Tucky, and I and I, I I still do. I still do. But I looked at um at uh, Webby and I thought. This guy's got the bit between his teeth. He's hungry, you know, and he—I think he realizes, right? If he's on top of his game, he, he's Wales. He could be Wales' number one again, and he could go on a Lions tour. I think that's the—that's the mood he's in, hooky. Yeah, yeah. Well, we blessed with scrum halves in Wales, and we so you know before you can start talking about Lions uh, contenders, a scrum half with with Thomas and Gareth Davis as well. So. But you can tell he won't sit and he obviously had that break where he was out injured and then out in France where he couldn't play. So it's almost like a, you know, a bit of a break from it. But now he's, he's back and you could tell he won't sit. But it's just about him now to go, to go and get it, like, you know. Yeah. yeah. We talked earlier, mate, about Will's squad announcement. This goes, this Tuesday club episode goes out on Tuesday, funny enough. And um, the squad announcement is... Tomorrow for us, we're recording this on Monday night. Any anybody in there that you expect to see or you'd like to see? Or any surprises? Um, I think everyone's speaking about Zamet. Uh, we lost lost the winger. She's been in the squad, but I didn't get capped, and I, he's not he's knocking on the door, and he so he can't be far away. Um, I think Dewey Lake as well, who's who's been in the squad and he's been impressed, and you can tell he's on the radar of, of the Welsh squad. I think and. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I'm thinking of obviously a ten. Um, Sheedy. Yeah, about Sheedy, yeah. We can ask Callum Sheedy. Yeah. He didn't make the England squad today. Does that signal maybe he could be in for Wales? Uh, maybe, yeah. Well, like obviously, you love bigger. Patchell's fit, so you'd expect him to be there. And it's probably a shoot.m for the third ten, whether Sam Davis, Sheedy. Um, Jared. Well, so Jared as well. Yeah, it's probably one of those. So, you know, Jared's obviously been in the squad quite a bit. So, you know, he'd probably maybe nudge it, but he's been playing so well, hasn't he? Sheed, even though he's been playing in a great Bristol team with probably one of the best 13s in world rugby at the moment, but, you know, he's been doing the business, hasn't he? Yeah, yes. Who, who do you have in, Kyle? For 10. Three tens. Sheedy, I th- I th- he's got that option of Nima. We talk, I-, I think somebody mentioned last week he can either play for England, or you just said he's out, or Ireland. Sheedy is his surname, his Irish name, or Wales. 
Um, I'd like to think that he'd choose the red jersey, but I definitely have him in there. I'd like to see, there's a lot of people saying, oh, we got to go past Dan Bigger, but I think Dan Bigger is solid. I think especially going to Northampton, I think his game's come on a lot. I think he's learning a lot. And when we had him on the podcast a couple of months ago, it, it, it sound, I know he's always been mature, but the way he was talking about the game and, and being in Northampton and learning from everybody and the coaches, I think he's still solid. Um, and I'd like to see Hooky back in. I get, get that red jersey <laughs> back on Hooky. Go on, boy. <laughs> My testimonial. Oh, short, short. Yeah, no, no. I asked, uh, listen to this, right, boys? This is a funny one, right? Me, Sean's training me up now, right? And um, for years and years, I used to watch this program on MTV and it was like a career swap. So I said to Sean, I said, oh, wouldn't it be a great documentary if you had like me and Adam Jones, both, you know, big or whatever, if for a week we swapped. So I went training uh, with the Quins or, or whatever, maybe when he was still playing. And he went and had to learn like a big Shakespeare monologue and had to do it at the Globe in London. And I had to come on for 10 minutes. And, he, and Sean just went like, ah, you'd get smashed. And I was like, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> so uh, I, I, to be honest, I don't even know why I'm saying that now. But um, yeah, I think, I can't remember why. You'd get smashed. You don't realise how physical and how powerful these boys are, you know. It, yeah. um I the first year of Ospreys, I was holding a bag in training, but um, that didn't last long. I can tell you, no chance. <laughs> was Shane? You was hitting him a bit too hard, boy? Was you? Oh, honestly, but they so powerful. You should see what they lift in 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 the, in the gym, and it's not uh, it's not a gym monkey sort of environment. It's just that they have to lift explosive, powerful weights quickly, you know, because that's what translates onto the field. And uh, the boys will tell you they're in supreme condition. And so, uh, yeah, all the best. And anyway, I can't see Adam reciting a Shakespeare monologue either. <laughs> can't even speak English. <laughs> I want to come away from rugby a minute, hockey. Obviously, for me, being a rugby fan and an Ospreys fan, sitting here now with Sean Hawley, Shane Williams, James Hook, you three were in the Ospreys' most successful era and you were called the Real Madrid of rugby and, you know, the Galacticos. What was it like being in the team with Shane and Sean and obviously Mike Phillips and all the boys there, Lee Byrne, when you were all at the peak? And what was it like being in the training room? Was it was it a laugh? Was it was it just banter all the time, or was it like to be so successful you were all zoned in? Oh, it was. A good, it, was it was playing with your mates every single every single day. Basically, obviously played in the weekend, but turning up to training was. We're all we're all great mates, and, and Shane and Sean will tell you like. We, we obviously had a great team, so I, I remember we going into games, particularly home games. We, we almost know when we were going to win. We'd we'd have our shirt and jeans packed at the bottom of the bag because you know the majority of the squad would would be going out after for a couple of pints, and it was just that that confidence. It, it wasn't so much arrogance. We were just confident in our ability. Obviously, we knew we had a great team, and uh, you know we worked hard as well. Like you know, obviously went out and enjoyed after games, but on a Monday we turned up, we we worked hard, we trained hard, uh, you know, to try and get better to win the following week and. I loved it. It's definitely my favourite part of my career, probably. Well, at the start, from when I, you know, first came professional, two thousand six to two thousand nine, ten. You know, some great memories there, and I'm sure Shane Sean will say the same. A close second yeah. to all those nights in Oceania, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I I think the word is crack, isn't it? I think you know we 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 had a hell of a crack. I think we just enjoyed not not just the playing. You know, I enjoyed going training on a Monday. You know, I couldn't wait to hear the stories of the boys and have a laugh, you know, in training then. we, Even though we were taking it serious, we always did it with a smile on our face and laugh and a joke. 
when it came to game time, yeah, we'd have a laugh and a joke, but we all knew as well that, you know, we, we were the players up there that had to go out and do the business. And what I used to love was sitting in the change rooms before kickoff. You know, I looked to my left-hand side, I got Mike Phillips, who's, you know, pruning himself and doing himself ready for the game. Um, you've got someone like Gav Henson who hasn't spoken to anyone all week but he's you know he's looking tanned and lush and ready to go <laughs> Hooky on my right hand side Philo Tier over there I've got Justin Marshall or whomever else it was just a team full of players I could look and think oh my god I, it's it is this is just awesome mm-hmm. we're going to win today it's not no worries doesn't matter who we're playing go out there and do the business and it'd be funny you know we'd be, play, we'd be playing games and it's just the characters you have like Lee Byrne Okay, Lee Byrne, at one point was the best fullback in world rugby, right? But every time a, a move or anything was called, I had to tell Lee Byrne about three times where to go on this move. Right? <laughs> We've done it fifty times in training, you know. And and you'd call a move, and he'd be like, right, clean off two, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You see him nodding at me, and then he'd run over just before the ball gets put, thrown in the lineout. Where do I go? And I'd be like, oh, Jesus. Uh, Just come off my shoulder. Just come off my shoulder. like. And he'd come off my shoulder, hit the perfect line and score a 60-yarder. Do you know what I mean? But that's how we were. You know, I, you know you'd know, have people like Gavin Henson come up to you after 45 minutes saying, Shane, I'm on fire today, but I, I'm going to have a few beers tonight. But I'm thinking, Gav, we haven't won the game yet, yet mate. Come on. But you knew Gav was just going to do the business, you know? And then you combine that with a filo tier, tier uh, or an Alien win, or whomever else is on the field at the time, Chipperick or Matty Holler, etc., etc. You know what a team to be playing with. It was just, it was just great fun. And yeah, as Hockey says, you're you're playing with your mates. Hmm. It's like going down the park at the, on the age of twelve years old, going with your mates, having a laugh, but getting paid quite a bit of money. Well, if you're Hockey, I gotta be honest, Kyle. Um, I embraced it too. I, I, you know, a lot of coaches say, they, and a lot of coaches around the office at the time were saying don't get close to the players or you're too close to the players. And I've, I've heard that a lot. And I, I didn't take that advice because I had to, I wasn't a, an international rugby player. I hadn't played a long playing career. I had to earn the respect of the boys. And I didn't need to do that by being their mate. I had to get close to them to let them know, as I said earlier, that I had their back. I was going to give my all for them. Um, and, it's, and I'd support them and I'd tell them things to their face, you know. And I look back now and I think I'm so glad I did that because I'm still so close to most of the boys that um, one shot you get at that. And I just feel now that, that that relationship was so important for us. A lot of coaches perhaps could, would have gone to those characters that these boys are talking about, including these two, and, and tried to sort of, you know, quell them a little bit coach it out of them and, and I didn't want to do that because that's what made the team that we were you know as many times I didn't have to coach them I'd have to, I'd guide them and do give them individual feedback and roles but at the end of the day like these two in particular I've said it many times when we do dinners that can't coach these two what they had and the way they go out you actually give them the free reign the free license to be what they what they've become and, and what their careers were about so I'm so glad I did that. I went to Bristol and became a different coach for a different reason. And I didn't like that. And I, you know, I look back and I regret that. But, you know, certainly as Hookie said and Shane, those times for me as a coach, best times I ever had. And no coincidence that we got on so well. And, and we won so many things, I think. Yeah. 
I get I get asked quite a lot, like the step up from semi professional rugby to professional. And when I was stepping up from Neath, we had a great team in Neath, to be fair. But then the exchange said you're stepping into that Ospreys team and it's, it's almost easier because because you've got like Justin Marshall inside, Enston outside, Shane on the wing, Sonny Parker, all these superstars around you. You know, you're not worrying about anyone else's job. You just you just worry about your own job and everyone else just just helps you, you know, succeed around you. And I think it was almost easier in a funny way, stepping up, like, you know. What about that time where 14 of you started for Wales and you beat Australia? Yeah, uh, England. Was, was it Was it England or was it Australia? Oh, I don't know. I just remember that the, the headlines was um, Ospreys 14 or something <laughs> and the other team was nil and I just thought, oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> Were you both, you uh, both part of that team? Yeah. There's one on the bench. Anyone know who he was? One Osprey on the bench? Yeah. Uh, oh, flipping X, good question. Do you know what, Riv? No. Uh, I didn't care because I was on the pitch. <laughs> it was Yanto. It was Yanto. Uh, uh, how can you forget Yanto? <laughs> We'll have to get him on the pod. He's good value. I just, I just, for me, do you know, everybody's got their, their, their eras of rugby and their golden age. And, you know, I know there is only one golden age, a 70s and the rest of it. But for me, when I left comprehensive school and I went to Gosselin in college, and then I left there, I went to study drama school in Glasgow. Those sort of 2005 to, I don't know, 2015, that sort of 10-year period where you boys were always with the Ospreys and with Wales, those are those are the best rugby days of my life. It was when the hits were still going in, and you wouldn't get sent off. And you, every game you see, you you with the with the fend, and you know everyone talks about Jonathan Jonathan Fox Davis's fends. But I've seen you, some of you fends, and some people didn't look right after those. And Shane, every time you got oh, yeah, the ball, long my arms, that's right. <laughs> every time Shane got the ball, it would you know it'd be one man, two man, and then it'd be up four. You know, we had this six men, and he scored a try. And I just before we go on, I just want to say how much this little meeting that we got going on here is in my heart and it's making me feel a bit emotional because I've grown Don't up. Cry. I'm not going to cry. Don't cry. But guys. no, it's, it's very strange. And obviously hockey's put all but boy as well. It's very strange for me when I, we get all these rugby players on as people who I've just seen on the TV. And, you know, I've worked with some really famous actors and when I meet them, I meet them and that's it. I don't get funny, but... Yeah, I just thanks for coming on, Hooky, and uh, it's be, this has been fantastic. Pleasure, pleasure. No, not to finishing. I, I get the same. I get the same. When I um, I met um, Brinkart right in Twintown, and I went <laughs> with the news like that. <laughs> Brilliant man. Uh, I know, I know, I know what I mean, Kyle. Did he tell it? it was a party in the Ponderosa? <laughs> you are coming. You are coming. <laughs> we had Di Botcher on last week. She was great. She was, and she was uh, saying how. Yeah, yeah. Told yeah. Kill, eh? yeah. Yeah. And we asked her, um, you know, is there something that you get heckled, you know, um, when people see you? And she said, what she gets the most is hot dogs for tea, is it? <laughs> she didn't even say it in the film. Yeah, that's it. She didn't even say that line. That's got to be one of the best films ever made. It is. Oh, it is. 100%. Before we let it go, um, how's the golf coming on? So you got a new hobby. Oh, I'm, I'm loving it. Well, I'm loving it and I'm hating it. Sounds about so, right. Uh, funny <laughs> enough, we, we played Harrison, my, my eldest, he's he's loving it as well. So we played six holes. As soon as we, I finished uh, training earlier, we went down and had six holes. And uh, yeah, we are we loving it. We're loving it. We're, um, I don't know, something a bit, uh, you know, different focus since I finished. Obviously, I played a game with you, Sean, and we, and 
I know the best, I've got to be honest, but uh, no, it's good fun. I keep keep ending up watching YouTube videos and all sorts to try and make myself better, but I'm getting worse, I think. Yeah, you want know, keep at it, mate. And it's great to got Harrison involved because, uh, you know, start them as young as you can. You should, I, we're on holiday and the hooky um, does a bit of water skiing. He's brilliant water ski hooky, right? And Harrison, his eldest, you should see him go. Unbelievable. He's talented. So, you know, keep him at the golf now. And um, we'll have to have a knock, mate, when um, when lockdown is hopefully over. Yeah, he loves, you don't play, Kyle. I know you don't play. You don't play, Rev, do you? Uh, I, I'm rubbish, pal. I can play, but it's just not very good. And I got that point now where, you know, there's only so many clubs you can throw in the pond. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Man, we, we were in the Vale so much for me, obviously, with, uh, yeah. with Vales. And I, I couldn't I couldn't stand golf. It didn't, didn't interest me and... If I picked yeah. the club up, I was like, I don't... But now it's just a complete opposite. It's uh, really weird. It gets you. It gets you, I tell you. Uh, yeah, if you're like me, I'm playing two, three times a week. I'm putting on the carpet. It's, oh, it grips you, mate. It's, it's brilliant, but we'll have a knock. Hey, listen, um, brilliant with the Ospreys. Uh, great start. Um, we really hope, uh, as true Ospreys men, the three of us, you, you, you kicked on for the season now, and it's a, a much more positive season. I'm sure it will be. Good luck with your coaching. You know, again, importantly, good luck with the book, mate. It's great what you've done. Very proud of you, as usual. And uh, we'll push that out. I'll be ordering it on Amazon now and uh, keeping this so you can sign it when I see you. Um, thanks so much for coming on. Wish you all the very best, Oki, and we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me, boys. Pleasure. See you, Oki, boy. Thanks, Pat. Cheers, boys. Cheers, Cheers mate. Tell that, Pat. Hey,